Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? Excellent. Everything is excellent, Eric. And there's, you know, with with everything that, that we've been through this year, when I say excellent, everything is excellent. You know, yeah. everything has been really good. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because uh, and I'll get into what we're going to kind of talk about. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but Eric, you know, I'm I'm surprised at you. Okay. I'm very surprised because at the first of the year, you know, we were we were getting ready to put our our movie. Well, we were putting our movie together. Yeah. And, you know, there's there was like an air of not uncertainty, but, you know, because going into to making a movie, an actual movie, there's a lot of what ifs. What if this goes wrong? What if that, you know, yeah. and all that. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. But I've noticed that since we've finished the film, obviously this has been in April, but there's been a progression in your creative juices. Um, and I, I know we've mentioned this on, on the shows before, previous episodes, but I think it's worth mentioning and talking about because I think you've kind of come into your own as a writer. You know, I went through that whole thing like I was telling you about an identity crisis as a filmmaker after Hillsborough Road, where yeah. all I wanted to do was screenwrite. And I I wasn't watching many horror movies because I spent, again, that's my favorite genre. Yeah. But, you know, I spent two years pretty much writing, thinking about how to kill teenagers, right. then spent the whole month in Texas killing, killing teenagers <laughs> And now I'm taking time, you know, editing a movie with yeah. killing teenagers. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should take a step back. Yes. So when and I started writing my family movies, it was like, it was good, but I didn't know how to do it. Then I was like, you know what? I'm a horror filmmaker. And there's something you know about me. I'm Larry. I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> So the thought of then like, man, writing a movie and someone else directing it, that would terrify me. So I am fully back to horror as I write Hillsborough, edit Hillsborough Road. I am writing another slasher movie, but this is more along the lines of Scream. It's not, you know, a fun 80s. It's I want to make a cool hip horror movie. But Larry? There's something else I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Now, I called you right away after this happened. Yes. Now, I got to explain a little backstory about my hair, my family and all that. Yes. My race, as I always talk about on the show, is gypsy. And I don't mean the, you know, traveling free spirit. No, I mean the, <laughs> do you want your car fixed? Do you want your palm red kind? Now, education and, you know, entered the arts and stuff is not very smiled upon in my race for some reason. You know, you're seen as weird if you want to go to school and not get married at 15. That's hmm. weird. Yeah. I have done everything opposite of what I'm supposed to. You know, 40, not married yet, went to film school 
did all this stuff. So I, I like, again, am I making a lot of money? No, but if I wanted to make a lot of money, you know, we're going to talk about the last thing I would have chosen was the arts. You right. know, I would have chosen selling crack, <laughs> a lot of other options, but I, I was going to say, I was going to say a lawyer, a doctor. <laughs> But no, man, crack. no, man. It's like Biggie said, man, you either sling crack rock or you got a jump shot. <laughs> so I like the thing when I look at this year. Yeah, you know, losing my grandfather, grandmother, uncle, even my dog. It was a hard year, but career wise, I made a freaking movie. Yeah. And again, yeah, you were a huge help to it, Larry. And I'm always thankful for you. But Let's get to this. If I don't write Hillsborough Road, nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It all starts. And, you know, I mean, we talk about this all the time. And and people so, obviously watch movies, know that it starts with the material, the writing again, of it. I don't, yeah. take, I don't sit at my desk and think of this story. Nothing cool that we have right now. There, there wouldn't have been an opportunity for you to help, for Micah to help. So, again, I made a feature movie. I'm editing a feature movie. Again, the Cambrai House. We ran a film festival. Not entered into one. Oh, no. We made it own. happen. Yeah. 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 So, I like to think that, again, I'm not making a lot of money, but I like to think I'm a successful guy. And we have another thing we're going to talk about but we haven't really talked about it. at the end of the year show. We're going to yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah. We're going to do a whole wrap up. But but we're doing things, really good with that. And, and, and Eric, there are things that come, come around and, and come up because you are successful at what you're doing. Okay. So now I made this Instagram video where I talk about me having a nervous breakdown while editing Killsborough Road. It's me saying, hey, I'm Eric, and I'm going to show you what it's like to edit a movie when you've recently been diagnosed with anxiety and are on heavy anti-anxiety medication. Then it cuts to me in the corner, rocking back and forth, saying, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good. Funny joke. Creative people will see that and get the joke. But some people of my race didn't get the joke because they don't understand humor <laughs> and they contacted me on in, on my Instagram. They hit me up with a voice call. I was bored. I knew what they were going to do. So they immediately, they weren't outright making fun of me, but they were, mm -hmm. but here's the thing. When they were making fun of me, I was kind of Hollywooding them a little bit. <laughs> like they said, they were making fun of my movie. Yeah, you do the something something podcast. Her name was Samantha One-Eyed Willie. Like, that's not me, man. I didn't make that. Oh, I don't know them. Then the guy goes on. He's making fun of. They were like, hey, you know, then this is where I kind of become the jerk. They're like, yeah, we did an Insta, a, a YouTube movie, a, a movie on YouTube. First off, I don't want to hurt anybody. It's not a movie. It's a YouTube video. I'm sorry. You, you, you've made a two-hour YouTube video. <laughs> so 
they start telling me, I, again, I know they're making fun of me. So I go, they talk about how the, the Craigslist killer, it had 5,000 views and was pulled down. I go, I never heard of it. <laughs> then they're like, hey, if we watch, if we send you your movie, will you watch it? And I go, you could send me whatever you want. It doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. then they start going you're not gonna watch our movie they looked really sad i was like man maybe they do want me to watch their movie and this is like man this is our opportunity they just have no social skills <laughs> and they're like hey where's the usb the usb the the thumb drive like a thumb drive and a phone what are they what what are they doing so the whole joke is they sent me a link to a, a Pornhub video. Oh. oh. So I just respond to them. Wait, wait, wait. Huh? So they wanted you to look at that and critique it? No, I thought they were like, man, we're going to get him. He's going to. So I just respond. That's funny. <laughs> Next day, I'm trying to remove the guy's message. But yeah. I accidentally hit call, then I stopped the call. But I looked on his webpage. My favorite uncle Anthony is married to his wife, Fatima. Okay. So yeah. I'm looking through his Instagram, and like when all my relatives were sick, he was praying for them. Oh. And I just oh. want to mention all three of them died. So maybe he wasn't praying hard enough. <laughs> So, so then he like apologized. I was like, hey, yeah, man, it's cool. A few days later, another relative of mine who's kind of related to him hits me up and says, my brother-in-law wants to talk to you. And it's the guy's dad. Oh and he's God. telling me, hey, I want to work with you. I have an eye. Again, I'm at the point now where random people are hitting me up. Hey, I got a great idea for a movie. Because as all of us know, there is nothing people in the entertainment industry love more than random people hitting them up while they're minding their own business, telling right. them, we want to work with you. So the guy's going on and on. And I'm like, yeah, just get it over with. All right. Hey, can we, can I have a meeting with you? I know he's making fun of me. And I go, I want to be respectful because he's like an older guy. Like, yeah, sure. And I call, remember calling you afterward thinking this guy and you said some stuff. I went to bed angry. Then I woke up remembering, hey, wait a second. This guy's never going to get a hold of me. He was making fun of me too. Why am I so upset about this? But it got me thinking how, man, if I had kids, I would not let them anywhere near social media till they're in their 20s. <laughs> right. But that was my past few days. But Larry, let's get into this whole thing. Um, you and I are very into music. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, you met a very cool musician that you're gonna tell us about before we have him on. Tell us a little bit. Well, I I actually um work with um a relative of of our guest and she was raving about him and i was like oh my god i think this would be perfect because 
<laughs> we have a, a a little podcast that interviews musicians and, and creatives, and I think it would be ac- absolutely perfect to have him on. And then, you know, man, there's there's one thing about people that know people and Instagram and all these, you know, it, it, Insta- social media is a blessing and a curse. Believe a blessing- me, I know. Yeah, did did yeah. you pay attention to the first yeah. 10 minutes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, but the blessing for us is, you know, for, for, for all the stuff that's out there on social media, there are gems. There are people out there who are making a difference, who are super talented that just need to be shouted out to the world. And, and yeah. I like to think our little our little platform here is is helping you know artists get get their projects out there and um and this we've artist, listened to his stuff it's really really good oh my god and i've got i've got i've got to tell you uh let, let's bring him on he's yeah. talking about him like he's not even on uh paul zambrano welcome to the show hey how's it going guys good, good man how's it going good. paul thanks for coming on oh, of yeah. course of course Yes. Um, uh, Paul, listening to your music and, and no matter, and this is going to sound really horrible, no matter what you think your music sounds like, everybody listens to it. Everybody that will listen to it, I think will have an imagery that pops in their head. And the first moments, the first songs that I've listened to, remind me no doubt of tim burton <laughs> that's not the first time i've heard that ah see boom yeah okay okay wait a minute wait is that a good thing or a bad thing um i mean it's it's up to interpretation i don't take it as a good good thing or a bad bad thing i'm just oh i used to i used to not like not like it because it's like the default oh dark Oh, dark right. sounding stuff things, but now I'm just like, whatever, whatever, guys. Just if this is that's what you uh, think about it, then that's what you think about it. Again, yeah. I can't, yeah. control, I can't control what people uh, uh, think or what my stuff reminds me of them. So I'm just like, gotta yeah. chill about it. Yeah, good, good. I'm, I'm glad, you know, because ultimately, I think, and this is true. I think maybe for all creative people. Um, we all have, we all have things that we see in our head that we go, you know what, man, this is, yeah, this is, this is what it sounds like. And then somebody comes up and totally says something else. And you're like, Oh, wait, uh, it kind of, it kind (laughs) of messes with your flow of, of who we think we are, but it brings in a whole other perspective when you start thinking about it, because in addition that. Tim Burton popped into my head, I get like this imagery of it's like, it's beautiful, but it's, I can envision like a, a video, like a music video play. Um, actually, uh, the track I sent you is part of like a full concept album. There's actually a, uh, animation being made about, um, that's to the album as opposed to like, well, as opposed to like me writing or it, um originally writing music to a film there's actually gonna be animation written to the album oh, wow see? now now okay 
So before we get into the song, because actually I wanna I wanna play a little bit, but before we get into it, let's talk about that concept album and what you're doing. I, I mean, you know, because I mean that's a big thing. Yeah, have an I mean, animation. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. And I just um, want to say one thing. We all know that Danny Elfman is Tim Burden's composer. We're just saying Tim Burden to give for people who don't understand composers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good, good call, Eric. Good call. Uh, the Pete, the, the hate comments are, I, I can sense them coming in. <laughs> <laughs> but but let's talk a, a little bit about the concept um, album that you have. Okay, um, I forget how, the, it's basically just came, the story started as I was like writing the music as opposed to like having written down the story. Uh, actually the story was sort of in my head for, for years. I just didn't know how to like actually plot it because like, like uh like a write like a writer or and a screenwriter and everything i like to make an outline of this of the story and do all that and everything so i just sat i just sat on this pro on this project for years not doing anything because i just want to make it right and something 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 uh came always comes up one one way or another and i sort of delay delay i have other projects to do the move to out the move from florida to la so just a lot of road, just a lot of roadblocks happenings. Yeah. So I think last year before the pandemic, I was like, you know what, I should just write the music, write the music first. And then maybe that will like sort of be an outline for it. Yeah. And it's sort of, and that sort of how it happened actually. So, and the way, and the way the story goes is a, is about, uh, it's basically a tragic a tragic love story per se he never really it's about sorry my my brain's a bit going a bit uh haywire right now but it's about our main our two main uh protagonists there's liam and then the girl he loves is lila and basically he basically lila's dying from leukemia and this the story starts at her funeral uh, when she dies wow. and he and uh, he's pretty much uh he's pretty much uh destroyed emotionally yeah. and everything but the thing is he never really actually uh was officially romantically involved with her he just it was just that distant mm. infatu distant infatuation with like her an style. unequated love kind of a thing yeah 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 wow. and uh and basically, he was the only one who showed up at her funeral. But she was a lonely person all her all her life, and that's basically where this first track starts off. And number uh, and then the first track is like a intro, and then number two is funeral, and then number three is him just like wallowing in his own in his own grief, trying to fall trying to uh, fall asleep, and then which falls into which leads into uh, lucid, which it, which he finally forces himself to sleep, and he has sort of this lucid dream, which transports him into this different spirit, different world, hell, heaven, hell. I'm not sure what it's called, and he and uh, he's all hallucinating this and everything, mm. and the first 
and the next few tracks are basically his experience inside inside that place and then which leads us into memory which he wakes up and is sort of missing that entire experience and wants more of it so he starts to create different sort of sort of a fake sort of fake fake memories about it about everything that's happened like he imagines life when she was alive and what he would have done differently if he were if um they were to uh have some sort of actual romance huh wow that's heavy. I, I'm hooked, man. I want to hear it. I can't, wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see it either. Actually, Eric Kasloff, I'm glad you brought that up because we are about to play that particular piece and it's called Memory. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. These, these, uh, these tracks are very on the nose, but obviously I wanted to keep them on, uh, keep them a bit on the nose just for like listeners who are pretty new, pretty new to like film music, film music and myself in general general because i'm not sure how many people listen to soundtrack stuff and there's like all these titles that they wouldn't understand so i just right. want to make it simple for nice. for like a uh unexperienced listener awesome awesome and with this particular piece that we're we're gonna play um and and you said that that the the character which is interesting because i i kind of do that like when you mm -hmm. listen to music right yeah and you kind of have this vision and and obviously thinking back in our life or we know somebody uh you know that that was yeah. in our life yeah and yeah we just start to think and yeah. reminisce or even make up in our head yeah what and ifs yeah and also that touches on the point as we get old older um our memories from like years ago start get fate start to fade little by little like we sort of remember patches of how events actually happen mm -hmm. so that's sort of like another under, underlying tone of this so so if we can't really remember remember how it actually was why not just create something different right each oh. time nice nice well go ahead let's go ahead and take a little bit of listen to paul zambrano his song, Memory. You can just play any part of it, um, the first, first part, yeah. Okay, okay, all right.
Wow. That, that was that cool. great, man. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and I know for me listening to that, because, you know, as I was like getting ready and, and stuff and doing things around my little office, um, uh, it is it, it you start. And this is what I was talking about was I, I started to visualize mm -hmm. like a, a music video or, or the imagery of a guy and, you know, he's kind of looking for something. So it's, it's, it's interesting in a way, you know, before we played this, we had talked about it's the main character yeah, and he's oh. looking for something. And I just, it kind of struck me. I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's cool. So I think, and in my humble opinion, I think it's, it's really, really amazing what you have. And, and with this particular song, what what you put down um on 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 digital <laughs> what you put out to the world is i, I think it's, it's i think it's amazing um with the concept like and you say you've been working on this for like years um i actually yes yes and no like it was in the back of my head for years yeah but actually plotting out the story and the album that was all um last year yeah yeah during <laughs> during 2020 yeah 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 <laughs> i actually i i actually started writing the first the initial tracks like week a month before uh the pandemic happened so oh. so, like, wow. so yeah it was sort of a interesting time yeah yeah man i tell you you know i i I, you know, it's, it's kind of like what Eric was saying, you know, without, without the words being written for the film that we did, Hillsborough Road, there would be no, the visual, you know, there would be no movie. And mm -hmm. without your ideas, um, without your ideas and having you put them down however long ago, but then you just started to, to pick it back up you know, early in 2020, I, I, one of my big questions is, do you believe in fate? Do you believe in things are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen? Yeah, I've started taking that route of that belief either way. And it also applying that to friendships, fam, uh, relationships with family members and everything. Like I always, I always tried to, uh, Try, I always try to be really, I, I always was trying to uh, be this person who was likable by everyone, everyone. Right. and I feel like that's like sort of fighting or pushing against fate. So at this point, I'm just being more and more less concerned about what, what uh, everyone else, what everyone else's approval is and just like yeah. focusing more. Okay, I think I should just let let the let the dice let the dice roll however they want and whatever ha whatever happens happens and not really force force things it's like it's like uh putting putting together like you have you have this piece of puzzle this uh, big puzzle and you're trying to put these pieces together and it's like and you uh try to force force these two pieces together all the time and they're not and you realize 
they're not the right fit. So if you if you're patient enough, you'll actually find yeah. everything fits together eventually. Yeah. Whether yeah. it be years or months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, when did you start? Because it, it's always funny because when people live like listen to our show, you know, everybody that we talk to starts like they're at the end of the process. So they have a movie, they have a book. And with your case, you have your music. And um, so we listen to the process and, and like a little bit of, you know, like your thought process, your writing process and your end result is what you have now yeah um but going back when did you first get into um music how did you start your your and i would say it's a music career how'd you start your music career Uh, that's um actually a pretty i'm not sure where the start point is because originally i didn't want anything to do with music music was that thing that I was forced on by my parents at nine nine years old, taking piano lessons. And for the first nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, and from those ages, from nine to 12, I absolutely hated it. I, it was, I was like pulling my teeth, practicing piano every day. And, uh, and I always wanted to tell my parents I wanted to quit piano. I don't like it. And, but they kept the, and they would not budge. They were like, "No, you're gonna stick to this as long as you as as long as uh, we say." So I stuck. I stuck to it. And somehow, at thirteen at thirteen years old, my teacher at the time uh, gave me this uh, cover of Schindler's List. Ooh. So I started learning that. I'm like, "Oh wow, this is pretty cool. It's pretty somber." pretty somber pretty depressing but i but i liked it so i think start and i think uh when i started learning that the arrangement i was like huh this is pretty cool and then that's when i started to uh appreciate like playing piano a bit more and i sort of segued a little bit from playing uh film music covers to the next few years between it from like when i was uh, 13 to 19 for six for six years I went through this entire eight ball where I would play classical classical piece after classical piece after classical piece and I was on actually on my on my way to uh becoming a classical pianist professional professionally yeah so I guess at like between at nine at 19 I got tired of practicing eight hours a day. I had, I got tired of uh, not having a, so not having a social life. And at one point, one of these old school teachers told me I couldn't even go to the gym and lift weights because if you want, uh, yeah, well, I think the theory behind it is when you, uh, when you do resistance training, it stiffens up your, your hands and your, and your wrists. And when you, if you want to play like at those insanely, high levels where they're where they're playing um those those uh, technically demanding pieces you gotta your your arms pretty much everything your upper body has to be completely fluid uh, free from any tension and 
And uh, when you do like resistance training, that sort of um, does the complete opposite. So it was a weird, so it was a weird, uh, it was a, uh, I was just like sick of, sick of it all. And I just started, so I just, but I still love, but I still love music and I still vaguely remember the few one or two piano, solo piano pieces I've written in the past six years. So, uh, so I was like, huh, maybe I should start focusing more on writing music. So I started slowly writing my own uh, piano, solo piano pieces, then, then uh, progressively started getting more interest into writing music for films and I and I guess like towards my second year of uh, college I was like okay this is what I want to do and the rest is history wow wow where did you go to school Florida Atlantic University okay down and down in uh, Boca Raton wow very very nice and by the way Schindler's List uh from a uh not not too well known of a guy John Williams who so that that never heard of him yeah <laughs> me neither um it, it, it sounds like i mean who man i mean just all that because you know i mean people that listen to the show know eric and and my influence so would you who would you say your influence is like every like every composer these days, Hans Zimmer was the start. Mm. Uh, but then as I but then as I started to grow up a bit more, I, I started to uh, take even more inspiration from people like Bernard Herrmann, who did uh, most of Hitchcock's films, Clint Man, uh, Clint Mansell, who did uh, Requiem for a Dream, the found pretty much most of aronofsky's 2000 oh, requiem yeah. for a dream just one of the happiest feel-good comedies <laughs> ever man oh yeah definitely i mean yeah. you it's like dan and stepbrothers man you will be busting a gut laughing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so that so that brings me to the top of when we first introduced you and my tim burton comment no wonder you're like okay mm, yeah yeah okay i get it yeah and, but i i think you know <laughs> in my defense no 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 it's just it you know because i i'm obviously familiar with john williams hans zimmer is a good one um and correct me i may be wrong oh man you're gonna really probably jump through the microphone he's he's the guy did he not do um the miami vice soundtrack i'm not sure i didn't uh, watch that movie okay i have to as we discuss i will i will clarify that or eric if you could check that out um, i'm not gonna justify that dude that's all on you <laughs> um uh as now listening to to your stuff now do you work with a band do you do all your layering for your for your music? How does that how does that work out when you go in to record? Um, well, first of all, first of all, unfortunately, I have not had the opportunity to work with a lot of live players. Pretty much the vi the violins and every violins the orchestra. It's all pretty much inside the box. 
synthesizers that I use in my computer. Oh, wow. Mm. That's, I mean, that's even more impressive because I, I mean, you're like a one man band, which <laughs> in, in my humble opinion is badass oh, because yeah. it, because you know, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like when you do music, when you do a movie, obviously doing a movie, you have to have more than three people doing it. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently that's what they tell me. Um, uh, but how uh, would know? <laughs> I know. But but with music, you know, I mean, look at Lenny Kravitz. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's the best one man band out there because he, he records all his stuff. Mm -hmm. I think he does all his tracking um himself and then he has like a road band that is is actually really amazing but kudos to you oh thanks yeah, man i mean i wish i had more opportunities to work with musicians but sometimes depending on depending on the budget of the film or my own personal finances it, it's not always feasible it's tough man it's tough you know that's why you know, I and Eric, you have I and I have talked about this being a creative, being a like to shoot movies or shorts is hard because you you really do have to have, you know, you got to have actors, you got to have somebody to at least run a camera yeah. and he can hold the boom. So you need at least three people, uh -huh. right, to to shoot a movie, and you have to wait for those people. Yeah. Um, doing our podcast, obviously, you know, it's Eric and I doing it doing you know all the stuff and but when you're a musician you really have an opportunity to take your song and create something out of nothing and and i say that because every every creative takes something and makes you know takes nothing and makes something of it but as a musician i mean you've got all these different sounds in your head you know, you have, you have your, your main, well, no, explain to us how you work, because I think it's absolutely amazing because, because hopefully everybody will listen to this podcast, go and listen to your stuff and come back and re-listen to the podcast and, and, uh, appreciate the stuff that you do even, even more going into it so tell us can you give us a little bit of flavor of of how you work and how you record um so it's basically straight pretty much straightforward i work in a uh in a uh digital audio workstation and that's basically that's basically um the musician version of premiere premiere after effects and all that okay. all that stuff so basically we all basically that entire program does pretty much everything we do, everything we need. We need, and my particular, uh, my particular uh, thing is logic. Is logic, and that would be, that'd be, uh, I'd say, you're comparable to Premiere. And then there's also Pro Tools, which is an audio, which is an audio thing. I'm pretty much familiar with Pro Tools as well. Everyone, oh everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right, so and I also, and what I do is I already have like a template of of stuff that I already, that I use um, regularly. And depending on, depending on if uh, I already have picture to work to, then I just pretty much follow a direct, a filmmaker's notes on what they exactly want. And I just 
keep keep going at it and it's sort of it's sort of easy when it's when you're working on films in a way because you, they have a specific sound they want to go they want to go for so i'm not like drawing a blank i actually have some uh audio and visual reference to go go to that so basically when working on a working on a film i try to like capture the uh the tone, the narr- the narrative, the the char- the characterization of everything, and just keep going at it, keep going at it. Send it to send it to a, a filmmaker, get the notes back, send it again, and then eventually something will get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as working on my own stuff, I feel like that's a bit hard. That takes way 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 more time because I'm starting from a a blank i'm starting from like a, a uh absolutely this pretty much just me and yeah. sometimes that can get a bit overwhelmed a bit overwhelming so like yeah oh, like oh crap i'm draw, i'm drawing a blank here yeah. i don't know what what should i do so 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 um i think the hardest i think the hardest part is creating the actual skeleton and, and a sketch yeah. of it all and that's always like the hardest part and that's the part that I take the most the most time on because you because when you start those first the first few bars first few um few seconds you have like this cool cool idea and you're like really and you're really into it and then once you get like into like second second parts and everything you just start to uh I don't know what I don't know what else but but what I did what I did um what I did start to notice and af- after some uh, trial and error is I start I start at the beginning and then I work on the ending because I feel like when I start working towards the uh, the end of a track I'm like this all right this is where I actually want to go this is where I want to arrive and then the rest and the rest of the part is pretty much done for itself Mm. Mm, man you know it is hard and i would think it's super hard because when you're just doing your sketches it's like an artist he can do stuff and see the the, you know he he has the visual representation but when you do music and just putting it together i mean like you do you record yourself at all times um no i yes and no uh the way the way it goes is i record through uh midi and that's how basically how i how it works pretty much virtual virtual instrument synthesizers so basically i just record basically i record and it's pretty much there for me to go back to go back and build upon yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just realized that I could sit here and ask all kinds of questions like this. And, and, and it's like, it's one of those things I'm always fascinated because I know, you know, from being in a band, I know each, each musician has their own job, right? And, you know, um, being a drummer, you know, you listen to everybody and you kind of get the feeling, the groove and stuff. But, but as as a as a musician working with yourself i i would think you know and kind of like 
maybe where you're saying it is frustrating at times because I, I guess that would be the blessing and the curse because the blessing was, is you get to have this project that is uniquely a hundred percent yours mm -hmm. and that's you on every you know little string every little you know um addition to that music but it, it's not a curse but it is hard because when you have just you uh i mean it's hard to bounce ideas off of do you have anybody like that that you go hey can you listen to this and just give me your honest honest uh opinion about it or how do you feel do you no, i don't do that I don't do it that much, maybe like one or two, one to three people after I write a track or something like that. But, but, uh, I, I try to keep it in house as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, so your family, obviously, you know, like your mom and dad, um, like when they hear your music, I mean, what, it, what are some of the reactions from family members? that that know you know what you do on the surface they'll say pretty much the same stuff like oh we're proud of you this is good yada 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 so i don't really see that as a as an honest assessment of of myself i'd rather i'd much rather trust strangers opinion of of myself than people i know yeah. That's the yeah. tough part, you know, no matter what your family's gonna say they like it, hopefully they'll be honest and tell you how to fix stuff up, but no. nine out of 10 times they're gonna tell you it's great. Yeah. But, but Paul, here's, here's the real question. Have you ever been trolled? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> By your oh. own family? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah eric but I'm now how do you that. deal like when you get online criticism off of strangers it is, is it like a water off of your back kind of a thing or what i try to i try to brush it up as much as much as possible because you have you sort of have to like you have to you have to uh sort of live with the fact that not everyone's gonna like what you do there's but but regard, regardless of whether it's good feedback or bad, good feedback or completely horrible feedback, people are still listening. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, since you mainly now, do you mainly do soundtracks right now? Do you go out and play places? No, no, I don't. After, uh, after doing piano performance for x amount of years <laughs> I, just, I just uh have no desire to do anything live anymore i like i like being in my own little room in my own little studio and just making stuff and put, putting it out there that's very cool that's very cool um now are you uh what's the best way or actually maybe before i ask this are you open to people contacting you for um cinematic for your um for your music oh, of course yeah okay good good um what's the best way and uh is it through email do you have a website um they can they can contact me through uh instagram uh, my website or email okay and all of those links will be in the description if you're listening in on anchor and when the show goes up we will tag all of those on instagram and whatnot 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and Eric, you and I have kind of talked about this a, a couple times before off air, but I think it's worth asking Paul. Paul, do you think at this at this day or this stage of like the digital music revolution? Um, and I say that, you know, getting it out online and everything, do you think it's easier to get noticed now, um, as opposed to, cause when I was in a band, this was like in the early two thousands and, and it was still, you know, this was pre like Spotify, our, our heart radio and all that. Um, and cause we were still going around to, to clubs, like handing out like you know, like tapes and CDs and all our press kit. But um, do you think it's easier or difficult to to get your stuff heard today? Yes and no. It's easier to, uh, it's easier because you have several different platforms. Like anyone can upload their stuff onto Spotify and get stuff on Spotify and YouTube and not, and uh, any other, any other platform and pretty much it. Pretty much anyone can listen to their stuff, but the flip on the flip side is now that there's easier access, more people are are releasing their music, which makes it a bit, bit more saturated. So, so it's hard. So it is hard. So in a way, it is harder to get get your voice out out there. So yeah. I think the best thing to do is uh, try to find try do your best to uh, find your own voice try to be as unique as possible and uh just be consistent with it yes yes very do and i i i kind of second you know what what you said um it's definitely easier to you know get uh get stuff out there mm -hmm. i don't know if it'll get noticed but i think you know with with it being easier to get noticed i think there's more opportunity for and I say this very lightly for the artist to get screwed yeah. um, because with like social media and stuff, you know, all the ads that you have to run, all the different things that you have to do to have somebody to have, to have you go, Hey, look at me, look at me, listen to me, listen to me. And, and um, I do think that that talent will eventually just like everything else you know a talent will win out and you know because you look at at some of these people and yeah sure man it, it it's great to have a lot of money and you know to make a little thing and kind of put it out and spend a bunch of money and get nothing done but then when somebody takes a career and begins to build a career mm -hmm. on on successes and things it may take a little oh yeah no it'll take a it'll it'll take a while yeah yeah you know of course. but i think in that you know it's just like eric you you had kind of touched on it is you know there's a reason i think that there are still gatekeepers and people that have made it in some way to to be able to dictate their own career now right there's a reason why there's like that uh that security guard that that keeper no. of the gate because mm -hmm. everybody's got a everybody's got a song everybody's got a movie everybody's got a great idea 
And if, if everybody kind of paid attention to that, it'd be a whole lot more crazier. I think if that yeah. makes any sense at all. Oh yeah. You know, um, uh, but having said that, <laughs> I, I think, I think that a couple things, Paul, you are an absolute, um, great musician. Very much so. I, yeah, you're very great. You're very creative. Um, and for that, I am so thankful that we have you on the show to be able to thank you for having me absolutely um is there is there anything that that you've done that you'd like to mention any kind of projects that that you've done that you'd like to mention um not at the moment not actually wait actually um let me see here um if you I'm not sure how long it's going to be on on HBO, but uh, a short film I did, Slipping Into Darkness, is streaming right now on there. So you have HBO Max, go on on and search Slipping Into Darkness, and I did most of the uh, underscore for that. Oh, Oh, wow. Moly, holy, moly, holy, moly. Now that just brings up a whole crop of, I mean, what's that like? To be able to see and, your work. Um, what is the project? Is it a yeah. short film or? Uh, yes, uh, yes, it's a short film. It uh, won a it it won a uh, HBO Latino Award back in the almost two years ago because they entered this festival called the Official Latino Film Festival, and because because they uh, they won, they got like a two year distribution deal with HBO, and I. Wow. So, and that's basically how it got on there. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I am amazing. going to be watching that tonight. Oh, nice. Wow. Uh, what is that like to have, to be a part of that? Um, it, it was actually pretty great, pretty great. And to say that I have something uh, on a streaming platform, especially it being HBO, it's uh, pretty cool. Oh, man. Oh, wait, Paul, do you hear that? That's your phone starting to ring, baby. <laughs> People are going to be hitting you up left and right and making you offers and offers of real money, not just, yeah. like, you know, like, like little money. So because you deserve it, my, my friend, you deserve it. You deserve it. Um, where where can is it just on Spotify or where else can we listen um, to the music? Pretty much anything, pretty much uh, any platform, all the major ones, Apple Music, uh, not sure what other. I can't think of any Amazon music, I guess. Um, yeah, pretty much any of the major uh, streaming platforms, music listening platforms, you can listen to it. Awesome. awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, there's people, you know, I, w- I would like to think that there's people kind of listening this, you know, like in middle America and, you know, somebody wants to be an actor. Somebody is wants to be a musician and they think that you know they have to be in a certain or certain space and time. And yes, I mean Los, Los Angeles, um, because everybody goes there. That's the epicenter. But I think LA is a destination that that you can end up at, not where you start at. Is yeah, that, is that how you feel? 
Or how do you feel about that, Paul? Repeat the question again. I'm trying to. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's it's hard to to wrap your head around. And Eric, this is a question for you, because I mean, you know, Paul, you're out in L.A. and Eric and I have met in L.A. And you know, um, it, the the question really is: Should people go out? And maybe maybe for acting, it's it's different. But if you're a musician nowadays. Should people up and pack and move to New York or Los Angeles and start their career? There's a lot of different opinions about this, especially in uh, the remote age that we have. Like you can easily, you can easily like have a band, uh, a band that's living in Texas, one one other member in uh, Idaho, and and so forth. And they could each track their own parts and send them, send them bounce files back and forth for a recording. And then when they're ready to play shows, they just get together and start playing it. So, and uh, with what I, with what I do, there's other composers living across the U S and all they need is a, a good functional uh, computer and internet connection in order to do that. But I think for me pers- personally, in my opinion, I think what makes LA still the best option is everything is close to you. You can easily meet people and that I feel like, and to me, I think nothing beats like a person to person interaction or meeting people in person. And because that takes you levels beyond like sending a simple email. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, I agree on all fronts. Um, you know, the the way that things are done now has drastically changed, I think, obviously, the good with the bad, right? Um, what do you think, Eric? Um, I think, like you said, you could end up in L.A., but I don't think it's the final destination anymore. Yeah. I mean, we've talked to people like our friend Justin Seaman, who did The Barn there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Daniel Benedict is in Kentucky and he's making great, awesome stuff. It's just, yeah, LA is always going to be the place, but it doesn't have to be your place. Yeah. Yeah. Is the best way to put it. I mean, you could have a very successful music career in Denver or Boise, Idaho, or, you know, wherever. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, and I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I love Los Angeles. I absolutely love LA and, you know, there's all kinds of different things and everything is very centralized. Um, and you know, that's, that's where it's at. You know, I'm here in Texas and they're going to be shooting. They shoot a lot of stuff here, but they still cast in LA. They still get their main actors in LA yeah um they still you know do everything in la and then they just move people out um when it's convenient so yeah i mean i'm i i agree with both you guys and and i i know some kids sitting there is like oh man i knew it i should go to los angeles and (laughs) eric talking then they're like but wait what because you know honestly if you have a if you have your cell phone and you're just starting out you want to make movies go you know 
watch something online take a take a film class you know online you know you live in the middle of nowhere there's ample opportunities now to 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 learn and to do and oh, yeah. especially you know with music and stuff um i i think it's no longer an option to sit around and go yeah but if i was just fill in the blank yeah if i just had a camera yeah, yeah. if i just no man everything right there you we have it in the palm of our hand mm -hmm. a cell phone and you know uh, a computer look at all the, the yeah. there's all kinds of free software for editing and music making and it's just right there at the palm of palm of our hands and it's it's an amazing time to be a creative so um paul we're not done we're not done by any means any time and I, I want to extend an open invitation for us, you know, um, from us always open, our friend. about, you know, coming on. And, you know, if, if you have a it, dude, it would be so awesome if, if we could have you one time and, and just play live, just pro, play raw, man, just to hear you. I, it would be amazing. So anytime you have anything to promote, anything you have, you want to talk about, music wise life come back on because hey man we're all creatives we know how it is yeah yeah of course you know we you know being a creative in this day and age it's it's fun and exciting but it's also you know just being a creative is you got to get you know you got to get your stuff out or else sometimes you may just go crazy yeah know? so yeah. oh no doubt and you know i think to me every creative goes through it um no matter what it is and so anything anything you have to promote or talk about please feel free to come on and let's get it on appreciate it thank you absolutely well um, everybody we don't oh. no i was just gonna say just uh, for me paul thank you and i uh, before we wrap up eric i just want to say thank you to cc she will understand <laughs> when she hears this you have done a great service to our podcast cc thank you so very much okay eric well everybody we just want to thank paul one more time for coming on the show and remember you can find the links to all of his stuff if you're listening and on anchor and if you're not it'll be tagged in all of our social media posts well everybody remember have a great day and support our troops